0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. There's a psalm, uh, Psalm 124, that says, verse 1, it says, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, and when men rose up against us, and it goes down, it says, But blessed be the Lord who has not given us as a prey to their teeth, Our help, verse eight. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. One of the most important things that you can learn as a believer is that God is on your side. Uh, There's a song by Big John Hall. Many have heard him sing it, but um, uh, the Lord is on our side, and um, I'm not going to sing it to you here. I don't have my. I haven't warmed up the vocal cords, so you can hear these uh, angelic pipes Um, anyway, but. But a lot of times what happens is the devil tries to uh, appear invisible. It's one of his greatest tricks is that everything that happens in life, and most unbelievers will look at this, people who believe there is a God, but aren't Christians, they don't dig into the word of God. They look at things that happen in life as the providence of God or the sovereignty of God, of tragedy happens. Oh God, you know, this is just what God wanted. The Lord works in mysterious ways. When things don't make sense, it's always that scripture. They know that scripture, right? Somehow they don't know John 10, 10, the thief has come to steal, kill and destroy. Uh, and I'm come to give you life and life more abundantly, but they know the uh, lord works in mysterious ways so you know the 6 year old my 6 year old son died of leukemia the lord works in mysterious ways god must have another need, needed another flower for his garden rose for his garden first of all when you go to heaven you don't become a rose in the garden how how <laughs> how disappointing would that be you look forward your whole life and you're like oh now that you're here by the way they didn't tell you down there that you were going to be um, you're going to be a blade of grass over there on the man it, on on the south side of heaven, not even the north side of heaven. You get to be on the south side of heaven. Oh no, you're gonna be you're gonna be a twig on that tree over there. You're gonna be a uh you don't cut this isn't what is this isn't lying the witch in the wardrobe. You're not coming back as like an a talking animal in heaven, right? You're not you're not you're not part of the the furniture in eternity. But people have these these things because they they've never got a revelation that if it's good it's come from God, and if it's bad, it's come from the devil. There's no cancer that God puts on people to teach people a lesson. It doesn't happen. God is a healer. The Bible says that Jesus is the express image of the Father. And so everything we see Jesus did is what the Father would do. Somehow even we get this idea in our head of like, well, Jesus was the merciful one, but God somehow is the one who's standing up there ready for judgment. Oh, Sodom and Gomorrah? Oh, that was the Father. Jesus is the merciful one. Jesus shows us perfectly what God is like. And so we see this here, and it's and it's important to get this down into your heart and to remind yourself when, especially when things are required of you by God, that anything God does, He does for your good. You know, there's a time in my life where I played a lot of video games through my teenage years, into my young adult years. And played a lot of video games. I mean, there were times where it was five, six, seven, eight hours a day of video games. And I realized, and it got to be something that at my time, my time uh, in my early teenage years, where I, I would actually have to go and like take it to the altar, where I was like, there were times where I was like, Lord, this is messing with my heart. Like it's taking who I am. I mean, anything you do for five, six hours a day, besides if you go to work and you do that, but anything you do for five or six hours a day that you're choosing to put first place in your life, it becomes an idol. And there were times I'd go and like, Lord, I'm never going to play video games again and repent and answer altar calls for this because it got to be so intense because when I wanted to love God, my heart wanted to love God, I'd get in the presence of God and realize, man, there's nothing more important than the presence of God. But yet somehow there's this video game addiction and people don't want to call it that, but it was, it was a video game addiction that I had. But when the Lord started requiring that of me, it was almost like it, everything felt like sacrifice. Like I remember like just feeling like, Lord, I'm giving when I was giving up video games or trying to give up videos, Lord, I'm giving up so much for you without understanding the joy that's on the other side of what ha- God has for me. Anytime God requires something of you is because he's doing it for your own benefit. God isn't sitting up in heaven like collecting tokens, like, oh, Ryan used to play video games six hours a day and now I've taken all his fun away. Man, it's just great watching him not have any fun on, in life now because I've taken video games away. That's not it at all. God is on our side. He is our helper. You know, the main thing, when you when you understand your worldview matters, when you. Understand Understand that the whole course of history has been dictated by the view that God in heaven loves you and wants you to go to heaven, and the devil in hell and on this earth hates you and wants you to spend eternity in hell. That, that you first of all understand how valuable you are. You understand who you are, that how valuable your soul is, that both God and the devil are after it. That to God, one person in heaven is worth more than all the real estate here on earth. All the mineral wealth on earth is, is worth less than one soul, one human soul. No matter who they are, what corner they're begging on, they're worth more than, than all the real estate on planet earth. And that's God's value system. And so anything God does is for that end. So even things like giving people, oh, you know, the Lord just wanted me to give. And he does it first of all because it's your heart. You know the Bible says, "Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." Giving reveals your heart. For those of you who haven't stepped into generous giving, like beyond yourself, like hey, I have a thousand dollars in the bank, and I'm putting a thousand dollars into the offering because I love God. This is my. This is what I was saving up to buy whatever, but I'm giving it to the Father because I love the Kingdom of God, and I want to see His purpose put on this earth. Until you step over, you'll always look at giving as like, this is just part, this is how the church functions. You know, God did this because he knew the church would need to function. Listen, God takes care of stuff. God can provide. If God can provide manna from heaven, he doesn't need your money to get the job done. But God gives you the opportunity to partner with him, first of all, so he can bless you. Well, I would say secondly, so he can bless you. But first of all, that he can have your heart. Because if money has your heart, that will lead you astray. The Bible talks about that. The love of money is the root of all evil. So God is looking at your money as potentially something that will trip you up. How many people have made good money and then left the church? you know thankfully my brother and I that that's why the lord has continued to bless us is when we started making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year that we didn't leave the church we didn't stop giving we were actually able to because we love god increase where you know in one year i made 15,000 and then the, and then in years down the road i was making over 250,000 so the amounts just changed because my, god had my heart and he could see, hey, I've slowly increased them. It wasn't an overnight change, it was slowly increased fifteen thousand to sixty thousand. If sixty thousand would almost derail me, he wouldn't have given me a hundred and eighty thousand, right, a year because it Money's an amplifier, reveals what's in your heart. And so people who have bad hearts, the money's going to take them off track. Some people need to stay poor simply just because it's going to keep them close to God and needing God. And then in that case, ultimately God wants them in heaven more than he wants them financially blessed. But when they are their, their heart is engaged. He's not looking to have you give to diminish you. He's looking, first of all, to guarantee your eternal future. But then secondly, he's looking for an avenue to bless you. God can't bless you. There can't be a harvest without there being a seed. So sometimes for us it looks like, oh, God keeps requiring me to lay these things at the altar. My alabaster box. Listen, you you're better for it. Your heart expands towards the kingdom of God. You can actually. There comes a point where you have to start praying prayers like, Lord, I love you with all of my heart. I need you to help me love you more. That's why the apostle Paul prayed. Hear this prayer. He said, I want to know Him. I count everything else as garbage, and I could do ten podcasts in a row on this one verse, Philippians 10, uh, excuse me, Philippians 3, where he says, I forget, I, I count everything else's as loss as garbage for the sake of knowing Christ, that I may know him, that I may know the power of his resurrection. So he wanted to know the power that Jesus walked in. He, he said, I want to know the fellowship of his sufferings. Listen to that. Paul is actually saying, I want to suffer like Jesus suffered. Why? He's like, so I could more closely identify with him. When I've walked in the same shoes that he's walked in and suffered like he suffered, I could see, I can greater see, you know, getting ready to have a child. Now we're doing at the end of December and people keep saying, man, one thing you'll know is you'll know the love of the father more than ever, because you'll look at your son and you'll be like man, that's my boy. You'll, you'll have a revelation of the love of God. I've heard so many people say that. And so here's Paul saying, I want to see the love Jesus had for me by seeing how difficult it was, what he went through. Paul, Paul was crying out and saying, I, I I understand. I'm actually looking to suffer for Christ because I understand that God is on my side, but I want to be closer to him. And then he even says, I want to even be made conformable unto his death. Paul's prayer had reached a point where he was saying, I I don't know in myself how to love God more, but I want to. And so I'm wanting God to walk me through difficult things, to expand my ability to love and to understand his love for me. Man, what a powerful prayer. Wake up tomorrow or get on your knees today. Lord, help me to, Lord, let me, let me know persecution as a Christian so I can more closely identify with you. Let me, (laughs) I haven't had the courage to pray, Lord, let me die as Jesus died so I can more be more closely, uh, uh, be more closely, more closely understand his love for me. You know, this is the thing is understanding that God is on our side. God calls you to fast. Oh, the Lord wants me to give up food. Man, I've sacrificed so much already. You're not sacrificing anything. You're sacrificing things for your own good and for the good of other people. The purpose God has for you is that he would have you in heaven, whatever it takes to get there, and that also he wants to bless you. And then he wants to bless other people through you because the greatest, hear me on this, the greatest blessing and treasure for you is the fruit you're going to have in heaven. When you stand before God one day in eternity, and you have no, if you have no people who are in heaven because of your actions, do you know Do you, do you you know how much of a bittersweet day that's going to be? Yes, you'll be in heaven, but that's why you'll have to wipe away every tear because there will literally be people who their 95 years on earth will have no treasure. And then there'll be people who will have treasure even just from one day of going out and doing what the Lord said, going out and talking to people about Jesus, going out and sharing the gospel, going out and getting uncomfortable. Who could do more in 10 hours than many people did in, in 80 years as a Christian? And that's sad. And so God is looking to give you fruit. God is looking for your best interest. Man, the Lord is on your side. I'm going to say it again. The Lord is on your side. If you only knew, the Lord is on your side. The Lord has good things in store for you. Nothing he's done is because he's selfish and he wants to take away your fun. No no person that he's asking you to dump. No relationship that he's asking you to end. No friend that he's asking you to step away from. no, No decision. That you're making in dating, even choosing to walk the path of purity and make make your make the the uh, the decisions in your dating life severe. Like, oh, we're not gonna we're not gonna make out before marriage. Those are not normal 2019 decisions, but they're decisions that honor Jesus. You know, we're gonna we're gonna wait. We're not gonna there's they're not gonna come over and be at my house if we're the only two ones there. Making the tough decisions that honor God may feel like a sacrifice, but God puts those things on your heart because he wants to reward you. The purity that you get rewarded with for walking in the ways of God. Man, I say it to my wife all the time. Man, I'm so grateful we we did things the right way. I'm so grateful we didn't sleep together before we got married. I'm so grateful we didn't because we're reaping the reward on it. And I've always said this, but I believe that what you do in dating takes away from your marriage life. If you go so far in dating, you actually rob from your marriage life. You rob, from the experience in your marriage life because it's like you overstep the boundaries that you should have. You take away the joy of it. I heard a statistic that people who sleep together while they're dating, actually for years after they're dating, they still feel shame from sleeping together. They still feel the guilt of doing that from, from going too far while they were dating when they know they shouldn't. God is looking, God is not doing anything to deplete you, to take away from you. Everything God does We have to see through the lens that God is on my side. Yes, it may be difficult. Yes, he may be even telling some people, hey, it's time to get rid of video games. It's time to be done with those things. They're a distraction. You're spending more time. If you can count in the last month how much time you spent playing video games and it's more or it's close to what you're spending in the word, this is crazy. We're, we have to get realistic with our Christianity at some point. If, if I'm not putting my time into the things of God, what am I actually doing how do I expect to grow? You're a better video game player than you are uh, in in understanding the word of God. At what point do you decide? Because the truth is that attitude will always translate into something else. It may not be video games, but it'll be whatever. It'll be a hobby. It'll be football. It'll be sports. It'll be it'll be something. And I'm not saying you have to be someone who stays in your room and reads the Bible for 12 hours a day. You know, if you actually did that, you would grow in the things of God. But God would lead you. If you if you just make a decision, Holy Ghost, I'm with you. Lead me in the ways I should go. There's a balance, and He'll show you what that balance is. There's times where you'll He'll call you to study. There's times He'll call you to His presence. There's times, but it's that decision to say, I'm not setting up parameters to say. Oh, I've spent too much time in the word now. I've got to go, you know, and people set these things up in their life, but we're, we're called to live a life that, that pleases God and that is following the Holy Ghost. People, when the offering time comes, oh, I got to give again. I got to give again. The Lord's looking down the road and wanting to release a harvest for you. And it's up to you to allow him. The Lord is on your side. The devil wants to make it look like the Lord's just got bad things. He's invisible, but the Lord's got bad things. The Lord loves you, protects you, keeps you, keeps you from the wrong relationships and keeps you even from there's, there's people listening to me that the relationship you're in is going to lead you to the uh, the wrong way. And as I say it, you know it and you need to, you need to spend time. You need to get on your face before God. You need to maybe even say, Hey, we're not going to talk to each other for five days and I'm going to get with the Lord and figure this thing out and figure it out. God has good things in store. He's not trying to rob you or take anything from you. He's trying to take your sorrow and give you joy. Let him lead you and guide you. The Lord is on your side. We'll see you next time.